You're listening, listening to Hold That Thought. From Arts and Sciences at Washington University in St. Louis. Hey listeners, this is Rebecca King. And since Hold That Thought is off the air for the next couple weeks for the holidays, I thought I'd share this clip with you from the Archaeoastronomy podcast we released earlier. It didn't make it into the podcast in the end because it was less about archaeoastronomy and more about some of the writings that we have recording the astronomical events of the past. However, one of the phenomenon in the skies that we didn't get to was the eclipse. So without further ado, here's Professor Michael Friedlander. One of the other phenomena in the sky is an eclipse. If the moon gets between the Earth and the sun, then depending on exactly where in the orbit the moon is, it can block out the sun, and most of the sunlight doesn't reach us. Um, A little bit may be refracted, come to us around the edges of the moon, but by and large, the changes from day into night is very impressive. The position on Earth where the total solar eclipse is seen has been recorded pretty well. Slightly irregularly, but generally okay, particularly in the parts of the world where there was writing. So if you go back a few thousand years, you have cuneiform writing. And that is recorded on clay tablets which were baked, and we've got a permanent record. The location on Earth where an eclipse is seen can be calculated today. We know where the moon is in its orbit around the Earth. We know where the Earth is in its orbit around the sun. When will they line up and have an eclipse? And so you can calculate. And you can calculate where on the Earth's surface will the eclipse be seen. If you're in the wrong place, you won't see an eclipse. For instance, there's a total eclipse of the sun, which has been calculated for 2017, and it's going to go slap through Carbondale. Now, that doesn't mean you should get in the car and drive to Carbondale on a particular day and wait for the eclipse. You can do that, um, it's not a terrible drive, but with the cloud cover being 50%, you may or you may not see anything. Okay, let's ignore that part of it. But the location can be predicted very well, seeing Carbondale. If you predict that, and the eclipse isn't seen in Carbondale, then you have to ask yourself just a moment, what's happened? Part of it is the calculation may be wrong, but if the calculation is right, it may turn out that the eclipse can be seen, but there's something peculiar that's changed in the rotation of the Earth. Where will the eclipse be seen? And it depends on the Earth's own rotation. If the Earth is a little bit faster, then it may be seen slightly west. If it's a little bit slower, it may be seen further east. And people have analyzed the archaeoastronomy of the records of old eclipses, and it turns out the Earth's rate of rotation has changed over the years, more than people would have expected. So a very important result, not fully understood yet. It's also taking the old records, in this case eclipses, and asking where should that have been seen. There's a cuneiform tablet of 136 BC, it's in a museum. And there's a record of a total eclipse seen in ancient Babylon. That's fine. But according to calculations, no eclipse could be seen in Babylon in 136 BC. There was an eclipse in 136 BC, but it should have been seen in the western Mediterranean cutting across Spain. So the Earth's rotation brought the eclipse from one end of the Mediterranean to the other. And that tells you something about the internal structure of the Earth. So to some extent, you you can make use of the archaeoastronomical observations and you can put some numbers in it even if you don't have writing. If you have writing, you can pin down the date pretty accurately.